first you get the respect, and then you get the money. And after you get the money, that's when the power come. You did? Yeah. Yeah. I'm only 23, living like I'm 32. What's going on, everybody? This is the feed to Embiid. I am your host, Austin Krell. Um, Sixers drop a tough one tonight, 132 to 133 to the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. Pistons were a point and a half favorite, and yeah, I mean, that was that close of a game. Um, Sixers had this game in the bag really most of the night. Um, the Pistons' largest lead of the game, I believe, was six points. And that came in overtime uh, on two made threes uh, in a row to give them to give them the lead. And other than that, the Sixers really held the court for pretty much the entire game. The Sixers led by as many as 10, I be- I think. And they seem to be in control late in the third quarter. Um at some at some points in the fourth quarter, but they simply j- just they couldn't pull it out. Um and it really as the game progressed, it felt like a game that they weren't going to win despite having the having it be Having it, having the lead most of the game, it just it really didn't feel like to me it was going to be a game they were going to win because they kept making mistakes. Um, big story tonight: Blake Griffin. He had uh, fifty points, fourteen rebounds, and six assists in forty-four minutes of play. He is what got the Pistons back into the game and kept them in it before ultimately taking the lead and winning the game. Um, Andre Drummond was unimpressive, uh, 14 points, 16 rebounds, two technical fouls, and was ejected. Embiid really owned him tonight. Drummond had five turnovers as well. On the Sixers side of things, Embiid led the game, uh, l- l- led the, the, the team again, 33 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists, just one turnover. So continuing that trend of really excellent turnover management for him. J.J. Redick, again, very, very helpful off the bench for the Sixers. 30, point, 30 more points for Redick, back-to-back 30-point games for both Embiid and Redick. Uh, Embiid has had three in a row. Redick shot 6-15 of 15 from three-point range, 6-7 from the free-throw th- um, free line, 9-21 overall. It looked like the Sixers had the game really in hand with about five seconds left. Redick came off of a, Redick came off of a ball, off of a, um, off, off of a screen, off the wing, curled around, caught uh, caught the ball on a, on a handoff, and then got around the screen and and then launched his three, which is it's been a really a patented move for him since joining the Sixers, of of catching it off a dribble handoff, um, getting a screen and then coming over the screen and hitting a shot. He was fouled on the on the attempt by Reggie Jackson. the The attempt went in, so the Sixers went from down two to up one. Then the free throw made it up two with five seconds left. Ultimately, what happened in the end of this game was that Blake Griffin received the inbound pass five seconds left. Amir Johnson had been subbed in for defensive purposes. 
Amir Johnson and Embiid uh, were supposed to switch on the screen for Amir. Uh, for, for Blake, Amir did a terrible job of covering the split or the switch. Allowed, this allowed Blake Griffin to split the screen and attack the cup. Robert Covington, of all of his defensive prowess and, and, and compliment, um, took a dumb foul. Blake kissed it off the backboard and won. Pistons tie it up. Pistons then take the lead on Blake's free throw. Embiid catches the three, uh, catches the ball top of the key on, on the inbound with one second left. Launches a three to no prevail. Sixers drop the game, drop a 2-2 two and two on the year. While the Pistons move to 3-0, and although this Pistons team is not very good at all. Um, they've just had a, a, a relatively easy schedule to begin. And the Sixers were, Sixers minus a player, only lost by, oh, no, sorry, not minus a player, minus Ben Simmons, their second best player, arguably a top 10 player in the NBA. Um, minus him, they only lost by a point to a terrible team. But this is a game the Sixers had won. They shot 20 of 28 from the free throw line. As I said in the last episode, um, 75% or better win, will win them a, a lot of games. They shot 71% from the line tonight. They lost by a point. So eight missed free throws would have been, in, really would have been the difference between the game never even going to overtime and then winning by seven. But it hap- what happened happened. Uh, they shot 14 of 43 from the three-point line which is 32%, but that 10 made threes, like I said on the previous podcast, uh, 10 threes and 75% in the free throw line is going to win them the games. So they checked off one box. They could not check off the other box. Um, and that's why we're here. That's why, they, that's why they, they're, they're losers tonight. Uh, Blake Griffin could have put the game away himself before he even got to overtime because he started out the game of six from the free throw line, Finished five of eleven, but those six free throws would have would have been the difference in the game a long time ago. So both teams had ample opportunities to win this game. It simply was simply came down to execution late in overtime, and it came and it came down to um yeah. I mean, really, just ex- it really came down to execution. That, that's what it, that's what it comes down to. Twenty four fouls for the Sixers. 24 for the Pistons, 11 turnovers for the Sixers, 8 for the Pistons. Um, rebounds were really even. Sixers have a two-point, uh, have a two-rebound advantage. Assists, Sixers uh, passed the ball a lot more than the Pistons did, had a 10 assist advantage. The difference in this game, when it comes down to it, is going to be the execution for the Sixers, and they're missing free throws. Blake Griffin had 50 points, so he largely kept the Pistons um, – in the game, and he was, and he largely won in the game. But I mean, if you if you could you could call this game an anomaly for Blake because fifty point games don't happen that often, and um, you know it took it took him fifty points to win by one. So Pistons earn a hard fought win tonight over the Sixers. A um, couple of things that I wanted to discuss: Landry Shamit got the start for. Um, Got the start for. So it, so normally the lineup would be would have been. Ben Simmons, Fultz, Sharich, Covington, Embiid, but because Ben Simmons missed tonight's game with the with some back tightness, um, which is 
in, in, in a continuation of the last game where he missed most of the game, missed all the minutes of the game with back tightness. Um, turns out he he was not good enough to go tonight. So Fultz got the starter point guard, Shamit shooting guard, um, and then the same th- uh, two forwards and center. Um, Fultz played 21 minutes. He probably def- he definitely should have played more than that. He shot six of nine from the field, one of two from the three point uh, line for 13 points. So by far his most efficient game, as well as his most productive game. He uh, six rebounds, uh, two turnovers in those 21 minutes. I think Brett Brown wanted to sort of bring him along in this game. And as the game sort of con- came to its conclusion, it was very sort of a windy conclusion. Not it was you know it, it didn't seem like it, like it it didn't seem like you know like like like, like an essay where you have the introduction, five paragraphs, and then the conclusion. It was like back and forth, back and forth. And the way the game progressed, Brett Brown must have felt that he didn't have the confidence in Fultz to close out the game. So T.J. McConnell played 32 minutes. He was on for all of overtime, all of the, um, for most of the fourth quarter. Um, Redick played 37 minutes. Muscala made his debut. He had two. Uh, he had five points. One made three, two blocks, two rebounds in 17 minutes. Amir Johnson continued to play well tonight. Uh, three of uh, six points in 13 minutes off the bench with four rebounds. Did make the uh, really one of the ultimate errors of the game in completely just bailing on, switching on that screen, which allowed Blake to split the split the gap, and then ultimately attack the rim where Covington was forced to foul. Um, but there's not much to say about that. It is what it is. Amir Johnson is a veteran, and he should not have made that mistake, but there's not much you can do about it now. The game is over. Um, but going back to going back to Fultz, it, it was it was ever apparent that he that as soon as he was given the keys to the car, as soon as he was running the offense as the point guard, he was much more comfortable. He made his he made the first shot of the game, made a three, um, albeit it was not a. It was not a uh, a pull up or a shot that he created for himself. It was just he was open in the corner and took it and nailed it. So uh, he looked a lot more comfortable, which is, I think, just evidence that it isn't that it isn't necessarily as of now that he's a bust. It's that he's not being used when with Ben Simmons in the mix in a way that he is comfortable. He's not comfortable being shooting guard yet. That's going to take time for him to develop and learn. Um, but when you put him in the, when you put him at the point guard, when you stagger his minutes with Ben, Sim- uh, you know, with outside of Ben Simmons, where Ben Simmons and him are not on the same, are not at the court together, Markel Fultz can play point guard where he's most comfortable. So that's where you see those flashes of brilliance from him. Um, Embiid was a monster yet again, thirty nine minutes. 11 of 20 from the field, missed all four of his three-point attempts, 11 of 14 from the free throw line, but there's not much more you can ask of the guy. He was efficient, 20 shots to get 33 points. Covington, 44 minutes, uh, six, 11, 6 of 11 from the field, three made threes, missed the free throw, 16 points, eight rebounds for him. Charge continues to come out of the gate a little slow, a little tired, a little little um, a little short of what, of what we need him to be. 38 minutes, uh, 16 shots. They got 14 points. Two of 11 from the three-point line. Missed a free throw, but had had eight rebounds. 
five assists, one steal, one block, a very Dario Sharge type type stat line. But that five of sixteen needs to improve. He needs to be making. He needs to be more efficient in his scoring. Um, the Sixers overall as a team shot fifty percent from the field, forty nine of ninety eight. Um, but story of the game really was free throws and execution. Blake Griffin's going to get 50 on Dario Saric because Dario Saric is not quick enough or strong enough to defend Blake Griffin. Eventually, it's Saric is going to tire out, and Blake's just going to go to work and have and have a game. Um, if Ben Simmons is in there with his athleticism, his size, and his speed, he's not. Blake Griffin's not going to get. He's not going to get 50 points, especially with Ben Simmons' defense, which has been elite. Um, that this, this game does not happen for Blake Griffin if Ben Simmons is playing. So. Ultimately, this is a game the Sixers should have won, and really the both teams deserve to win. But um, reality is that the Sixers were missing their best, pl- their second best player, and they lost the game. I mean, when when you when you when you're missing a a budding superstar from your lineup, you're gonna lose games, and it's it's a frustrating loss because they had it closed out so many different times, and it was just those those. Immaturities, those the moments of inexperience where you're missing free throws, you're you're not executing correctly, you're, the defense is is not good enough. Um, those moments are what lost them a game that, that they should have stolen, despite an unbelievable game from Blake. This is a game they should have won, and gone a three and one and gone to Milwaukee for a game tomorrow night, which is a huge game. Um, feeling pretty good having stolen one in, in Detroit. But they come up short, lose it by a point. Um, and so I think the, the three components of blame here go to A, execution. Covington fouls at the end of the game on a, on, on, on a, a sequence from Blake Griffin in which Blake was attacking from the right side, or I guess in terms of a TV, it would be the closer side of, 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 of the court. And he was attacking the basket. He had a great angle. He had a night. He he had he had split the, he had split the double team. He had split the, uh, the the screen to attack, and it put Covington in a bad spot. But also Covington put himself in a position where the refs were allowed to decide the game. And you never want to let a ref. To, you never want to let the referees decide the outcome of the game. If I were Covington, I probably would have said, "Okay, this is a business decision," and I just would have. Let him get the layup. Worse, you're tied instead of instead of whatever. Maybe he maybe he is shocked. He's so open and he misses it. But the worst thing you could do is is foul, and that's what Covington did. People have said that you know it was a bad call. It doesn't matter. He he allowed the refs to, to to make a decision about the outcome of the game, and you want to leave it out there on the floor, not for the refs to decide. So Covington did uh, executed poorly. Amir Johnson is another component of the blame. Um, veteran big man who is really on the fort on the, on the on the court for his defensive ability needs to do a better job of executing out of the out of the inbound. He completely bailed on on this on the split on the switch screen with Embiid that gave Blake Griffin the gap to split, and that ultimately allowed him to top, top uh, to attack the basket and put pressure on Covington. Who made the bad decision to foul uh, to, to to contest, which will end up in a foul. So those are two components of the blame, and then free throw shooting. 
free throw shooting, 20 to 28. Like I said, 71%. Um, eight missed free throws. They lost the game by a point, missed eight free throws. If you make 24 of 28, if you make 23 of 28, you know, you win this game. If, if you know, it's, it's, it's the little, it's, just, it's all the small things. It's, missed free throws add up. Uh, you you know you miss one in the fourth quarter and then in the first quarter quarter miss two in the second quarter, miss uh, f- two in the third quarter, and you miss three in the fourth quarter. That adds up, and suddenly a game that you were that you should have won handedly um, is going to overtime. So that was another issue. That was an, that was put into blame is just making free throws. You need to make free throws. Championship teams make free throws. Um, and then one more thing that I would also put the blame on, or not put the blame on, but I would draw controversy to, is um, Andre Drummond was ejected from the game late in the fourth quarter, and Embiid and Drummond are, I guess, de facto rivals, although Embiid is clearly the dominant player, and Drummond doesn't hold a candle to, to Embiid. But with Drummond having fouled out, and the option being Zaza Pachulia, the ball should be going to Embiid every single time. And he shouldn't be settling for jumpers. He should be using his feet and, 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 and keeping Pachulia guessing and being methodical and sort of attacking the rim and trying to get fouls. Embiid settled for a lot of the jumpers in this game, um, and he made a lot of shots around the rim, around, around the, the basket, but he probably would have put himself in a better position to score and the Sixers in a better position to win the game if he had re- if he had just taken an efficient advantage of the Pachulia of Pachulia having to come in for Drummond. Um, possibly one more would be that Brett Brown um, decided to go with TJ McConnell and in a game where you don't have Ben Simmons where if you lose the game, you can just really, you can kind of sit back on that and say, well, we didn't have Ben Simmons. Um, he had the opportunity to see what Markel Fultz is made of, and Fultz had a tremendous first half. Um, and he elected to, to, to go with TJ McConnell in the fourth quarter. And my question is, what's, what, what, what are you trying to do here? Is, is, are you trying to win the game? Were you trying to to develop uh, your future shooting guard and giving him the confidence to play, and saying, you know what, you th- this is the only way you can learn. You can't simulate this in practice. This is the only way you're going to learn is closing out a close game yourself. And so, I understand that you want to win the game, but the thing is, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Just because Markel Fultz is out there in the closing minutes of the game does not mean that Markel Fultz cannot help them win the game. You don't need to go to T.J. McConnell to win the game. Um, T.J. McConnell is not is not the, the 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 centerpiece future of this team. In theory, you would like it to be Embiid, Simmons, and Fultz. Although Fultz still obviously has although Fultz still obviously has a long way to go, but I don't see a better opportunity to to let Fultz figure it out and test him and see what he's made of. Maybe he makes a clutch shot or a clutch play or he really comes out of that shell and, you know, 
when when you have, when you have a lot of energy, you think more. When you don't have a lot of energy, like you would late in the fourth quarter of a of a close game, you wouldn't think as much. You just react and play. Maybe you would have seen a different side of Markel Fultz. And I get it. He's young. He's inexperienced. But there's no other way to get him the experience he needs to be on the floor for a close game. And so I could see both sides to the equation. But if I'm Brett Brown, I got to leave Fultz in that game and let him close the, close it out. Um, there's not really anything else to say about that. The Sixers will be in Milwaukee tomorrow night against the Greek Freak and the Milwaukee Bucks. We will be back for that after that game. The game starts at 9.30 on ESPN. It's going to be a tough one. The Bucks are vastly improved this year, but it is a matchup of, of, of heavyweights. Um, hopefully Ben Simmons will be back for this game. If I had to put my money on it, I would guess that Ben Simmons is back. My theory is that they wanted to just let Ben get back to full strength and uh, ready to go for tomorrow's game because you'll you'll sacrifice a win against the team that you know you can beat um, if it means going out full strength against a team that really is going to challenge you this year. Um, so it, I, it would shock me if Ben Simmons is not playing tomorrow night. Uh, the Sixers drop a close one, 133-132. to 132. We'll be back with more tomorrow night. Um, quick words from our sponsors. So, do you like shotgunning beer? Do you want to increase your shotgunning time at parties? Go check out our boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It's also a bottle opener, tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. Check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. Cobra with a K. For ten percent discount on all Cobra products, enter the code Trust the Cobra Ten, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. This presentation of the feed to Embiid and its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution of the presentation without written permission of the sponsor is prohibited. Copyright the feed to Embiid, two thousand eighteen. Again, the Sixers dropped a close one, one thirty three to one thirty two in Detroit. They dropped a two and two on the year. Detroit moves to three and zero on the year. The Sixers will be back in action tomorrow night, 9.30 in Milwaukee on ESPN. And we will see you after that game.